Flipper and Zeman Fitz at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Underbuskale, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Bucks is spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Oh, good Tuesday, Jay Sandoz to Mike Gallagher. It is Sandoz in the sidekick. And Tuesday, a little bit of a smorgasbord going on today. We're going to recap last night's coaching show. Head coach Steve Forbes talking with me and the fans about uh, really all things ETSU basketball. Then we'll talk about uh, the mid-major top 25s out. We'll see where uh, the SOCON stacks up as they continue to dominate the upper part of that uh, at least top 10, let alone the top 25. And uh, a segment we we did once last year, kind of felt it out. We're going to give it one more go. I liked it. I don't know. I liked it. We've got some segments that kind of come and go. You know, once every six or so weeks, there's going to be another one later this week, perhaps maybe next week, but that's set up. That's another special segment. And we're also going to see if, since you are here, if Angry Man will come by. Because remember last week, I sent him a he message. forced you I sent him a message. to leave the studio. He made you leave or he was not oh, coming well, out at all. So now I that mean, you're here, I don't know. No, 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 no. In, fairness, in fairness, he got you to, to leave the studio, then well, come back in and tell me to leave the studio. Yeah. So I've still yet to have a little bit of interaction with I was him. glad that I wasn't I sent him a message. That's all I can do. I like in the direct vicinity of that conversation because it sounded like it got kind of ugly, and I, I, just I mean, don't know. I'm, I'm not like, sure if he's going to come on with you on. Like 75% of some of the show ideas were yours. Angry Man was mine, so I kind of feel jaded that that was my, my – I created Angry Man. I didn't really – he you is create, angry. You've created a beast. I, I just – you know, it's amazing. For it. It's like Crazy Coach. Crazy Coach is sending some ridiculous – uh, things now too. See, so. now is it a shock that all of your segments are backfiring? Mine are still going strong. Crazy. I still got Landon. Landon's fine. Lando, Lando's fine. Yeah. But it's, that's that's still point taken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh. All right. What are we talking? <laughs> Steve Forbes. I got side trick there. Let's hear from him. I think it'd be great to get Tennessee back. I think that you know that was a tremendous environment. Them being here, obviously they've taken off since that game and number one in the country. You know that would be a great game. Uh, i like to get VCU here. I like the games, the regional games. I, I would like to get teams in here where we can play them here and then we can travel our fans to see our team play as well. I don't really want to play hugs all that bad, even though we're good friends, because they'd foul us a hundred times. But uh, Virginia Tech, you know, with Buzz, that would be a really good game for us. Money's really not the issue with those teams because they're not going to take money. It's just getting them to come up. I would love to actually play upstate. I mean, I just think for us and our fans, it's a natural. Uh, we've talked to Asheville. They want to do it down the road yet. You know, Vanderbilt, Middle. I'm working with Middle right now trying to get something going with Middle. UAB, you know, those would be good games regionally, you know, for us. And, and 
if we could get a high, any high major to come in here, it wouldn't matter who it is. It would be a, a fun atmosphere down the road, maybe getting Georgetown to come back with Matt McClung. That would be a lot of fun for everybody. You know, I would do anything. Wichita State, you know, I haven't really talked to Coach about it. Uh, it's something we could discuss. Um, I don't know if they would do it. He might down the road. You know, that would be something we'd have to probably go back there a couple times, which I wouldn't mind doing. It would be fine with me. Two takeaways. First of all, that he was answering a question from a fan that asked, if money was no object, you know, who would you get in here? He said, clearly the fan understood that's not how it works. Um, two takeaways that obviously one of the regional uh, tie-in because you're probably still going to have to go play those guys, so it's better for the fans. So if you did two of the one Wichita State, hardly – there's a few fans that would make it to Wichita State. Uh, once, uh, maybe, not twice, who knows. I played Zoe Pack. But App State, right? you, yeah, exactly. UNC, uh, A, some of those other ones. The other thing, if I read into that correctly, we made Tennessee who they are. I, I think that's what he said, right? <laughs> I'm that, not surprised that, you came up with that, that takeaway. That's what I thought he said. Uh, but that could be. But, what, I mean, what was your takeaway? That's well, what I thought. He said he also talked to Radford, and that just sounded like he was kind of getting rebuffed a number of times. It just wasn't going to happen, at least right now. Now, somehow they can't make the dates work, which I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to put that in air quotes. Of course, Winthrop, they've got Winthrop scheduled for next year, so that is going to work out. And then you brought up Campbell, and he only really – touchdown Chris Clemens who's scoring like 29 a game for Campbell and is a senior and is leading the nation in scoring but otherwise had not reached out to Campbell this is what I enjoyed about the coaching show last night is you got to delve into some topics that some really deep bigger topics that you usually don't get the chance to simply because um, there's just a lot else to talk about uh, a lot of questions from fans will stay kind of on topic you know with games and such and in-game action but it was not only scheduling last night also had the chance to talk about conference scheduling changes and you heard at the end of that first bite about Mac McClung and Georgetown there was a question that you didn't want to ask him that came in yourself you just kind of let him either take or leave the question and it was about if Mac McClung Matt McClung had been recruited by Steve Ford I recruited him as hard as any kid I've recruited and again I think when people make decisions to go to school they base them on their own personal beliefs and what they're looking for and opportunity and you know what they vision themselves to be and so I don't ever hold it against any kid that does not want to come here I mean that's I want people that want to play here and uh, I had a really a really good relationship with Mac and his family I still do respect him I'm happy for him that he's doing well I recruited him as, as, as hard as anybody that I recruited since I've been here course got really internet famous for all his crazy dunks athleticism but he's doing really well at Georgetown 13 points couple of rebounds couple of assists per game and I thought that was a very interesting question I think it kind of came up because coach had earlier mentioned in that first soundbite Mac McClung Georgetown that would be a lot of fun I think the area would really rally behind that and circle that on the calendar for a game to go to but very interesting topics and certainly any of those matchups that I heard yeah I, I guess that not being someone that is super familiar with all of the rivalries and the regionality of some of these contests and the history of them, the ones like Georgetown and West Virginia and Virginia Tech and the big names, Wichita State, are the ones that really stand out to me. But certainly there's some credence to something like a UNCA or Adford, a Campbell, etc. Yeah, and that, you know, speaking on McClung for a second, yeah. too, you know, when you get Patrick Ewing, <laughs> you get Georgetown. You know, what I'm saying? Love like, Steve Forbes. Like, yeah, but I'm, I'm, it just there, there's a different element there, yes. and and when you talk about local kids, and even Patrick Good's a good example of this. 
you know, he thought uh, Sunbelt, that's an FBS league. You know, they they flirted with, at, the, at one point, flirted with two teams in. Now, like a normal mid-major, they go back and forth and thought maybe that's a bigger school. But it wasn't like ETSU didn't recruit Pat Good. That's why he's back here. Sometimes it's somebody wants to play at the highest level they can. There's also a factor of when ETSU loses out to local kids, maybe to Chattanooga or another Southern Conference school, is they don't want to be home anymore. They want to go somewhere else. Same token, there are plenty of times that ETSU has gotten kids from Georgia because they didn't want to play at Georgia Southern or or Georgia State. State. You know, they wanted to move and and, and play somewhere else. So, you know, if they're an Atlanta kid, I don't want to play Georgia State. The other thing is is your friends make fun of you. And and people don't understand that, but there's a little bit of everywhere, and I've lived in eight or nine states, uh, and – and there's a little bit of self-deprecating about whatever the local university is. And so, you're, oh, you're going to go play there. Oh, I can't believe it. I mean, you can't go anywhere else. And so there's a little bit of, of some stuff there. But ultimately, the point he makes, which I think was the most valid on McClung, is a, a kid's going to make a decision on what he w- wants to do best for him. And for McClung, I mean, he's playing in the Big East. He's playing for Patrick Ewing. He's playing Georgetown. And on FS1 all the time. And my goodness, he's he's doing well. He's had a couple monster games, so so good for him. But, yeah, it wasn't like ETSU just looked at Matt McClung and, oh, he's better than us. We're not going to attempt it. Surely they did. And I think it's awesome that they did. I don't think Steve Forbes is one to be intimidated on the recruiting path by pretty much anybody. So the fact that he did hop on him early, often, and – I'm sure at some point he probably felt like he was in pretty good shape along the recruiting road until you saw well, Matt continue to progress. Well, especially, I think, when they decommitted from Rutgers. Right. I mean, it was, it was a, a one because uh, Matt McClung early committed to Rutgers then decided that wasn't the best spot for him. And I think he did. He was back in the running at that point. And then, again, a seven foot three guy walks in the building and is like, hey, you want to come play for me? And then it was a, it was a done deal. Darn near NBA champion. Yeah, TV I mean. Deal. Georgetown's very historic. I mean, you know, Allen Iverson, Ewing himself, et cetera. A pretty good school, too. Yeah. I mean, it just, I mean let's, let's not downplay, you know, what type of education opportunities you get at Georgetown. And I'm not seeing a king. Obviously, I have two degrees from here, and my family got three different generations of ETSU graduates, plus my wife and her family's not even including that. So, but – Georgetown Private School, there, there's some things and opportunities there, and it's in Washington, D.C. area, you know, grew up in Gate City. Maybe he would like to see a big city. You know, you never know. The Kembe Matumbo, Alonzo Mourning. Oh, it's I mean, it's insane. Yeah, factory, you know, and even recently, Otto Porter Jr., Greg Monroe. So a couple of interesting topics I thought were awesome to talk about because that's pulling the curtain back a little bit, you know, on some r- things that really make a program run, recruiting and obviously trying to schedule bigger opponents against more notoriety. This is a topic, the last one that we'll have on this first segment of the program, that Coach Forbes has focused on a couple of times over the last few weeks. There's some ADs meeting this week, and the last couple of shows I've been on here promoting the Friday-Sunday deal, that's going to be definitely discussed. It's up for on the agenda. Our president is pushing it. Our AD is pushing it. There's people, I talked to the commissioner about it on Saturday uh, at our game in Chattanooga. He likes the idea. And so we're going to continue to push that or push Wednesday, Saturday to give us more time for preparation. So hopefully we got to move ahead in our league. we got to get better. Maybe not a new topic in terms of the topic itself, but yeah. that there's news that there is an AD's meeting this week, and hopefully there will be a resolution soon. Well, the, the one thing is, and I, I talked to Coach afterwards a little bit, the – for what he really wants, I think the Wednesday Saturday because of the more time for preparation. Now, 
if the league doesn't go for that, then I think he's pushing for Friday, Sunday for officials and TV. Wednesday could add some opportunities for TV. Friday's the best day for opportunities, and maybe even a Sunday uh, could have some opportunities for TV. But it's still the quick turnaround, which he doesn't like. So, I, I you know, it's it sort of he'd prefer the Wednesday-Saturday. But I think he's going to throw – I think he's throwing Friday, Sunday just to get the conversation going to move the days. The one team that hurts the most in attendance would be ETSU uh, because all the other leagues have terrible attendance. And uh, there's so many high school teams that are, you know, kind of right here in this area that um, I think it would hurt atten- – not sure. not a ton, but it certainly would take Friday away night. a few a yeah. few casual friends uh, – uh, uh, fans on Friday night. I don't think it would be a tremendous hit, but there would be a hit a little bit on Friday, and I think Sunday afternoon. I think it would be fine. I think we have another packed house there. But it'd be. Uh, but I think he really would like to do Wednesday, Saturday, so you have more than one day to prepare. Because Friday, Sunday doesn't do you any favors on the way to prepare. It does give you better options for officials. It does give you more maybe television notoriety. And we know how that kind of can drive the needle to. A, uh, an opportunity, multi-bids, and some other things. So uh, I, I like where his head's at. I would prefer Wednesday, Saturday. There's something about going to play maybe a road game Wednesday, back Saturday, then another home game Wednesday on the road Saturday. So at least once a week, your fans have a chance to see your team play. I don't love working on Sundays anytime, but I think I gladly would if it meant that on Sundays some of those slots in non-football season that are filled with, for the majority of Americans, less favorable programming were filled with some Southern Conference games. I think that would be awesome to see rather than having your uh, here and there men's basketball game on Sunday uh, and your kind of, I know that ABC does the NBA 2.30 to 5. Uh, NBA, I, I think, is kind of hit or miss with a lot of audiences. Um, so, I, I don't know. I think it would be cool to just solidify that Sunday programming to have some – because a lot of times you'll see like an 11 o'clock game or a 12 o'clock game, and then that's your college basketball game of the day, unless you're well, into watching you know, a different league that is a very small major. And a lot of Sunday college basketball is women's yes, basketball. Correct. And so the men's game, they do have a few games on Sunday, but there's really not a lot. Exactly. And, and just like Friday night, there are some leagues that have decided to play Friday, and there's some games that have been moved on Friday. But for the most part, Sunday uh, for men's basketball is a little bit untapped, and so you, you could get an opportunity to pick up maybe an ESPNU maybe on Friday night uh, and yeah. then move into an ESPN2 or something like that role uh, moving forward. I think for me as a consumer – Sunday would be the biggest win for the league and the biggest win for me just in terms of consumption habits, even if I didn't work here, because it I just kind of write off Sunday and non-football uh, season as just kind of like, well, I can pretty much do whatever I want. There's nothing good that's going to keep me close to the TV because, as you said, it, it's you know a lot of um, here and there, men's basketball, you know, NBA, and I'm just going to be honest, as it is with – um, college basketball on the men's side. On the women's side with college basketball, I'm not going to sit down and watch a game that there's two teams where I, I don't really care that's in it. And that's largely the same case on the men's basketball side, too. So to have some regional um, prominence with the SoCon on Sundays, and definitely Friday nights, too, because as we've talked about, there aren't a lot of um, big conference games on Friday nights where ETSU and the Southern Conference could have that chance. I think it'd be cool. I, I, I think he's... Coach Forbes is going to get one of those, but I think it's more likely still Wednesday, Saturday than Friday, Sunday. I, I'm just guessing there'll be a lot of a lot of people don't want to do it. Now the other thing is that frees up 
so there's no more weird Thursday doubleheaders with the women, right? It takes some doubleheaders out of play, um, and and for us, radio-wise, it's great. Which so I could, some people would not like because they do oh, the attendance that, thing. And uh, the, there's a couple things they wouldn't like because of the attendance. That also means you could possibly have a Thursday women's, Friday men's, Saturday women's, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So now you're working four. Kind of a grind. Uh, so you're just you're just kind of churning it out. So or there's a situation where uh, even if they're still opposite, you're still got staff working every single weekend. So either way, we'll see how it plays out. Anyway, fun topics, and there was a lot on Wofford, but obviously we've still got two more days until the contest on Thursday. There was plenty of conversation about the Terriers, and we'll do a lot of that ourselves tomorrow and Thursday. All right, we'll step aside for a timeout. Special segment after this short break from Sandos and the Sidekick. This is the Buccaneer Sports Network. It's funny how things can multiply, like cold weather. One minute, a few snowflakes fall. The next, you need a snowblower just to find your feet. Or tardiness. Run two minutes late in the morning, and you're a half hour late to work. Come on. But good things come from multiplying, too, like the new Multiplier Instant Games, which give you a chance to multiply your winnings. So go ahead, enjoy the good kind of multiplying today with the new Multiplier Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Food City is excited for another thrilling basketball season with the ETSU Buccaneers. Even when slicing up the finest cuts of beef, selecting the freshest produce, or preparing the sweetest baked goods, we live and breathe navy and gold. So go get them, Bucks. On your quest for a Southern Conference championship and beyond, Food City is with you every step of the way. Food City, official supermarket of ETSU Athletics. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City.
Sandoz and the sidekick back with you. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher. We teased it last segment, but we did something right before the end of the fall semester for us. We brought in a buddy of mine, Big Country, and had him bring up whatever it is in Big Country's world that he wanted an opinion from me and the sidekick, and there's one thing for sure. We got a lot of opinions, and uh, they differ a lot. Uh, although I think we agreed on whatever your uh, topic was that first time. so I think we loosely agreed, to be fair. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't think we ever completely agree. It remained undecided. And what do you got for us today? Well, we can discuss one or two things. Okay. Oh boy. Uh, of course, after the Super Bowl's over and the second greatest uh, NFL dynasty has taken their place as such with six Super Bowls, but still. Second greatest? Well, 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 short of the 13 championships by the Green Bay Packers. But I forgot. Oh, gosh. I forgot yeah, I, I reminded you. Oh, I reminded okay. you. But I always look forward to some of the other sports that are coming up. You know, a lot of people look to the draft, which is happening in uh, Nashville. Nashville, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Standing room only is free, by the way. I don't really? know if you want to ride down there for the Thursday only. but uh, I, I would kind of like to see the third day. I like to see uh, a, a if 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 you're a fan of uh, which you're not of my team, that's the only day they draft. They keep trading <laughs> down into the Saturday, and then they're you know getting seventh round tight ends or quarterbacks and doing whatever. And they're going on to be all pros. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. That's uh, as you can see, obviously the most important mm-hmm. part of the draft. So uh, we got some uh, other big events. I know Jay's looking forward to the uh, May 30th kickoff. I don't know if you can call it that of the. Cricket World Cup, which is hosted <laughs> in England and Wales. Of course, the big controversy this week as India's one of their main people come out and declared themselves favorites on the road to their former colonizers. I thought that was a pretty big statement. If, if you want to talk about that, Jay. I, I do not. <laughs> um, the fact you knew that is, is kind of impressive to begin. Let me tell you, so uh, the one thing I know about Mike is if you get off topic of football, basketball, or baseball, he pretty much hates your guts and uh, <laughs> refuses to acknowledge uh, any other leagues. Uh, that's fair, right? Mike? Well, that's just hockey, really. It's more centralized on hockey rather than everything else. I can talk some English Premier League soccer with you. I, I can talk soccer all day. I can talk a variety of sports, but when you get into cricket – and you're talking hockey, and you go to Australian rules football, and, and anything like that. I'm just kind of yeah, Gaelic so football, you know. Yeah, I'm just I kind of lose interest. What about Canadian football? Are you in on that? I know you're a big big on Canadian oh, football. You love, love the Canadian. CFL. I, I love I love the CFL because we've got some people that are familiar with Santos and the sidekick that may go play in the CFL. But aside from that, I can take or leave the CFL. I'll be curious about the American Football League and how all that stuff goes around. Yeah, XFL coming yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rebirth of that. That's that's one of my claim to fame. I was the uh, the Orlando Rage. Uh, uh, yeah, the Orlando Rage played Chicago Crush or whatever it was, and that was an assignment I had. I actually volunteered at the radio station I was at, and I said, "Hey, are we covering it? I'd like to be the beat guy." And they looked at me like I was uh, sure. So it was a quick email. They're like, all right, yeah, come on over. So sideline passes, all that stuff, uh, access locker room. Mm. Uh, if you remember, uh, Chicago had a defensive lineman by the name of Curtis Enos. Do you remember? Yes, uh, I did. Yeah, former ETSU Buccaneers. I got a chance to talk to him after that. But they did the, the rare, because it was the first game ever played was in Orlando, and they did the rare was that jump ball where they ran, and mm-hmm. they got separated shoulders out for the year on the very <laughs> first thing that happened. 
<laughs> went downhill from there. Yeah, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. But. Well, I guess in lieu of the uh, Cricket World Cup, which I, I thought Joe would go for quite a while on that, but last time we didn't get to discuss uh, the playoffs. And as me and Joe were walking over here, we were talking about some of the teams that give ETSU fits in the playoffs and, and the bracket position. And so I wanted to bring up this playoffs in general. You know, who? what leagues do you think do it right? What leagues do you think do it wrong? And, and what could be improved? Because I, I know of a format, which we'll uh-huh. talk about here in a minute, that I really advocate for. I like, uh, and I'm going to talk about it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to sit on it somewhat. But uh, in basketball, and I don't know if you were just saying in general or yeah, football. Yeah, in general. Uh, in basketball, uh, the Ohio Valley is interesting. And we'll talk, as a matter of fact, because we're going to do top 25 uh, last segment. I'll be able to jump on that and maybe go more detail. Um but basically, there's a double buy, so you first and second seeds go to the semis. Mm-hmm. Huge fan of that. Uh, in f- football, I, I, NFL wise, I like because the number one seed always gets reseeded to whatever. So I'm a big fan of that. College football is garbage. I don't even want to start on that. Um, uh, ba- let's see, hockey reseeds, right? Uh, uh, they've changed their format now. Now the uh, there's two divisions. The number one seed will play a wild card, and the two and three play each other. In the same, okay. And then the winner of those two series. So, effectively, you could uh, say, like, if you're the fifth seed, you're the top wild card, you could be removed from your division all the way to the conference finals. I think the uh, baseball. They, 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 second they, wild card. Yeah, the second. I, I don't like the second wild card. I'll just be honest. The one game. But I understand. Like, you can't play more. And I, I've actually come around on the reasoning. Because if you played, a, let's say, a five-game series, the number one team is sitting for eight to ten days in baseball. And that's the game's just not played that way. Like, it's played every day. Mm. There are some factors in there that – that could take away. So I, I would go back to the just the one wild card, and I don't. And I would let if the if the wild cards in the same division. Because remember when they, when they just had four, if the wild card was in your division, you didn't play them. I would scrape that. If the wild card happened to be if if the AL East had two teams, the Yankees and the Red Sox, and my gosh, you're playing each other. That's just the way. I don't care what their records are. That's just that's how I would do that. But I'm assuming. You heard all of this to give me your format. So what is your format? Well, (laughs) I agree with almost everything you said. Uh, With baseball, the one thing I put in there is they played 162 games. There's no reason, especially with the statistics of baseball that really, you know, make the sport, a short series where everybody gets to use their top pitcher two times is not reflecting of the regular season. And I think the playoffs should eliminate, but they should reflect – who has done what in the regular season. So the Southern Professional Hockey League, which is the hockey league that the national, the uh, Knoxville Ice Bears are in, introduced a playoff format about two years ago. Now, they introduced the three-man overtime that was adopted by the NHL. So this is sort of an experimental league, semi. It is professional, but it will be at the lower end. But they adopted a pick format. So the number one seed gets to pick whoever they wish. Love that. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> that, that is genius. That is genius. Down from there, two would get to pick if they were not picked. 
if then one three, picked two, in theory, if one picked two, then three would have the next pick. Right, and this this introduces all kinds of stuff. I mean, let's say that you are the number one seed in the NBA this season, and the Lakers are the two seed, but LeBron goes down with a knee and yes, out injuries. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Gosh, that series starting to look pretty good. Let me uh, let's just put it this way. Let's just say uh, the Southern Conference adopted the the format, right? Let's just say uh, one year Western Carolina, next year got a bunch of recruits in. They were the two seed. ETSU was the one, and ETSU has beaten them twenty eight out of twenty nine times. And you, you just say, okay, that's a team we can beat. When mm-hmm. we're doing, you know, same. Yeah, that I like. I like that. In the second round, do they get a pick again? You or could, you can, you can keep it that format, or you could, you could. Or just, once you get them bracketed, right? Get them once bracketed. you get them bracketed, I'm not exactly sure how they go past that, but even the momentum. A lot of people talk about, you know, there's teams that start the season out, you know, let's say 12 in a row, but as the season progresses, injuries, whatever, momentum, they start playing worse and worse and worse, and they back into the playoffs. That's a team I want to play, regardless of what seed they are. You know, if they if they went twenty and zero to start the season, then zero and five to finish, and can't shoot a basket, they're looking like a pretty good matchup today. I, I'll tell you, and, and, and Mike, I get your thoughts on this. I I like it for two reasons. One, I feel like that is truly the number one advantage, right? You oh, earn good. the number one seed or number two or whatever you get a pick. I like that. The second thing is, what if you're the team that gets picked? I mean, to me, that adds already. You've already oh, added a little fuel to the fire. There's going to be a little, people are going to play the card. They're mad. Here they go. I mean, just think about the. Let's just use football, uh, NFL recently. I mean, do you think um, if Kansas City had to do it again, like who who would they have picked? Or the you know the three four seed or the three six and, and four five? Who would have picked who? Who would have tried to do what? Eventually, it ended up being in both leagues the one mm-hmm. versus two, so it didn't matter. But I'd be curious to see. It, it very well could have, though. It very well could have because it, if the six seed automatically plays the four, that might not have played out. The one seed, you know, gets to play. So they had to play uh, the Colts, who were hot coming in, and still beat them. But they could have very well said, oh, why don't y'all go play the Colts? And the Colts went to Foxborough, where, of course, they would have lost because the Patriots are the greatest team in the past 15 years. But – Either way, it would give the option to the people. Like I said, it would build rivalries. If you had no other reason, say you're in football, well, if you're Pittsburgh, who do you who do you pick if you don't really care? Oh, how about Baltimore or Cincinnati? I, I really think in baseball, think about think about the Red Sox Yankees, especially oh, yeah. right now. Can you imagine if one of them just uh, had, you know, let's just say, was like 19 and five in the 20, you know, four games they played against one another? And just looked at him and said, "Yeah, we're going to go ahead and play you first round." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, the instant up kick in the rivalry would be awesome. Awesome. I huge, love that format. Huge fan of that. Mike, your thoughts? I particularly think that if a team gets to choose who they're facing in the first round, then the second round, rather than re-choosing, it should be awarded based on who performed the best in that first round. Because you get to pick your own matchups, right? So if you get to pick your own matchups, that means you think that you have the best ability and the best chance to go and put up, uh, you know, phenomenal three, five, seven games, whatever it is, and you think that that gives you the best chance to win. I think you should be rewarded for your correctness or you should be punished for your lack of correctness where if you win by, like, let's say 100 points combined over the games or something like that, then you 
get to choose your next. So I don't think it should be necessarily if you're the one seed, you get to choose all the way through. If you perform best against the opponents you choose, then you should get to choose in the second, third, fourth round. All right, so uh, let, let, let's say it's a seven-game series. Right. And the, the one seed picked whoever, and they won in seven. And the two seed picked whatever, and they swept. Yeah. And then, and then it swings. Two seed, and first the pick. two seed gets the semis. Yes. <laughs> the semis, I get, oh, That's right. I'm telling you, we can do a lot with or it's, it's Or it's combined margin of victory over those games, or whatever the case may be. But, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, less games makes the most sense. So if you sweep versus even five, six, seven for the other team, then, yeah, you get to choose. So it's really a fluctuating and changing number one seed. It's very fluid. Yeah, I, I'm I gonna like t- so I'm going to take yours, and, and I'm going to say first by number of games. And then point differential after that. So that's yeah, good. You can like because if you both yep. went six games yep. and, and somebody won four games by a single digit every game at right. four points, and the other one won by 20, oh, I got you. No. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, college basketball would be interesting with this because there's a lot of 15 or 14 seeds that year in and year out people go, hmm. That looks like an upset. I wouldn't necessarily want to do that where you could come along and get one of these play-in teams that might oh, play yeah. into an eight seed. And well, well, I wonder how long. I think that would, that would almost take forever with 64 teams. But what if you short or 68 teams, I guess now. What if you shorten that up and say, okay, number one seed, here's the pot of 16 teams. You're the highest-rated one you seed. Get you pick. get to pick whichever 16 mm. seeds you want. Mm. I do like that. It goes through the seeds. See, yeah, here's, here's, my, here's my one hesitation with all of this, and I know that we're just having fun with it and everything, but if this were to ever become a thing, and I would love it because it's a great – That's must-watch TV. I mean, it it's adds, 100%. It adds extra storylines and layers and everything, but if it's ever to become a thing, a case would have to be made, why are you going away from the original format? And, when, and with hockey and with basketball, with eight teams getting in from each – it's over half the teams, which I think is a little bit ridiculous. With baseball, it's better, and in the NFL, it's better. But I think the argument would have to be – why would we adopt this when our system already works as well as it does, specifically with the NBA and the NHL? You very rarely see teams that are an eight seed. I mean, it's happened, what, once or twice, upset a one seed, uh, well, more than once or twice, but over the long history of these leagues. So for those leagues in particular, I think they'd have a problem. Well, it's happened more in hockey than basketball. Correct, yes. And I don't know what's happened in basketball since they went to the seven game, right? It's only happened when they had the short five I think it was series. Warriors defeating the Mavericks. I think that was a seven-game series. I'm yeah, pretty so maybe sure. once. But yeah. once they've gone to the seven, I think it's if it's been one, it was it. When they had five, that was the big argument. It was a short series. Uh, somebody could do whatever. I, well, you I, can't concentrate just on the one eight. Think about the two or the three. You know, these people played eighty two games and have outdistanced everybody. And the current format, you're basically put in with the same team. I mean, somebody that's on par where you could pick a matchup and really take advantage of what you've done during the regular season. But wouldn't a lot of them end up, just end up being one eight two seven? I mean, I think the majority of the time, the matchups that would be picked would mirror the system now. I, 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 I would agree. Yeah, it would, it would, yeah, but I'm, that I don't think you're gonna, Sure, right. yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with that. Here's the thing. If you get, like, the and this happens every year, it seems like an NBA more, that 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 are all within, like, two games of one another. So, so I don't think a one's ever going to jump up and take a division winner, right? One of the top three. It, it would but depend more on injury. Well, that's true. Something now, like that did could really a, play in. You know, if you had a decimating injury, I, I certainly could see that, and that's a monkey wrench. But I could see where if six, seven, and eight was separated by a game or two, where somebody could go, okay, right? We like that six seed, and that would make it a little more interesting. But I do think it would not happen as as much as we would like it to, like the system just to be thrown in. 
and I don't. The NBA still doesn't reseed, right? Uh, I don't think they do. Like I do wish that would. I do think that if you play a long season and you've earned the right, um, I do think there should be. Hey, you should have the quote unquote easier path right. uh, into the, the champion game because otherwise, why, why did you? Why did you play? Why you know? Because if a one seed ends up. Uh, eventually playing the the four seed and then the six and seven are playing in the other bracket. Like I think the one seed should be rewarded uh, if, to get to that opportunity. And I guess the argument could be well if they win that then they're playing six seven in the finals. But I still like that other leagues reseed and give the top top team a little bit of an advantage. My last point here is I think we definitely need to do away with the only thing I really can't stand in playoff formats is when the regular season means nothing. So say all of the college leagues, including the Southern Conference, where every team gets into the postseason that that renders the regular season relatively meaningless especially when you're on a neutral site i get seating and everything but if you're not having to travel any more than the other team i mean that really levels the playing field and diminishes the work that's been done by the top two three seeds in the regular season in my opinion on on average there's about eight uh regular season conference champions that don't get in so let's just use that number for simple math if you gave every regular season champion an automatic and you gave a tournament champion eight different ones in automatic, you really knock it. Because some leagues, again, those are going to get in anyways because there are some multi-bid leagues that, mm-hmm. that they get in. They're not always one-bid leagues that, that don't do that. Even let's just say they all were one-bid leagues normally. You just got eight extra teams in, and again, it eliminates the seventh or eighth ACC. Well, I'm not. 10, whatever. I'm not necessarily saying that the regular season champion gets in, but there should be teams eliminated from the regular season that don't get to the postseason. So if it's oh, a ten, if it's a ten team league, yeah. you got to have four or six that get in, or something along those lines. So the regular season means something, and you gotcha. can't just be rewarded for playing completely average the whole year. Yes, and, and it extends the playoffs effectively, too, because if there's two or three teams that are vying for that last spot within the past, you know the last two games, that's playoffs for them, and that's a lot more exciting than starting off the season you know, in November, and it doesn't matter. Everybody's in. Just yeah, who and, play. and I'd be very interested to see how many, it can't be a high number if any at all, but how many seven, eight, nine, ten seeds have gone on to win a postseason championship. I can't remember one off the top of my head. I know that leagues are getting bigger and bigger where 14 and 16 team leagues, it's more likely, but even then, I, I don't think you're looking at a high likelihood if a possibility uh, more than a percentage point or two where that dark horse is going to come in and somehow make a run through the tournament. It just doesn't seem feasible. No, and it, it, it's hard to argue that a team should be in the NCAA tournament with a below 500 record. It is. It is. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, that segment ran a little long. I like it. We'll see what you got next week for us. We'll step aside for a time. Another segment, Santa's Sidekick, right after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! 
The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Wendy's has three new hamburgers on the new made-to-crave menu. The barbecue cheeseburger, the sauce and bacon cheeseburger, and the peppercorn mushroom melt. They've got so much swagger, they'll change the way you think about hamburgers and the way you ride through our drive-thru. Maybe you'll lean your seat back a little. Maybe a lot. Maybe you'll roll your windows down. Or maybe your window's broken because you punched through it to get your hamburger faster. Try the three new hamburgers on Wendy's new made-to-crave menu and download the Wendy's app for craveable deals today. At Wendy's, we got you. At participating Wendy's. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's prefinished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types designed with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks. But we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name, renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. Yo, can I get a... for your anger. Wow. Woo! I don't know about that, Sandos! Now, there's about 500 feet between yourself and Jay Sandos right now. He's over in Brooks, Jim. You're here in studio. I feel like, Jay, you can probably, even though you're that far away, feel the steam from the forehead and from the ears right now because you have been forced from the building yet again. I think this is a nice way to smooth things over. We're easing both of you back into interacting with He's each other. He's just scared. Scared! 
You're scared. How about that, Sandos? I, I think it's fair. I mean, I don't uh, You don't want to face Angry Man face-to-face, do you? No, not when, he, not, not when he's that angry. Well, he's always angry, but there's a level of angry. Speaking, there's, of, speaking of how angry, and this is a good transition, because last night on Twitter, I don't know if you're on Twitter, Angry Man, or not, uh, we should probably create you a handle or something that can be run either by a producer or by yourself. Where yeah, just, just say, are you going to run it for me? Anger can be spouted. You probably run enough Twitter accounts in your line of work. But uh, yesterday you were compared to Trey Wingo, who went off after the Super Bowl about people that watched the game and now in the last couple of days, specifically yesterday, but into today, have just complained and complained about how it's the worst Super Bowl in the history of football and 16 points were scored. What a joke. Oh, the Saints should be in. Nothing but complaints, complaints, complaints. The person that posted it said, who's more angry? Because Trey Wingo did say, shut the H up. He said, you people are the worst. And it was a good minute or so, much like Angry Man, of just screaming into the microphone. Much better sound quality because they're ESPN and we're Buccaneer Sports Network. But still, you got the idea across. I said five Angry Mans four angry man at all times, three angry mans for Trey Wingo, gave you the title, but did you see the clip, and do you believe that Trey Wingo can compete with your level of anger? I did see the clip, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I thought Trey Wingo did a great job of showing his anger and just his displeasure for those fans. You know what? If you have an issue with it, you have the remote. Change the channel. It was a great game. I'm sorry it wasn't 45-40. 51-48. Get with it, people. You play defensive football, and that's what we saw. A thing of beauty on the defensive end. And Trey Wingo, you are right. Fans, if you don't like it, change the channel. I, I can't. I'm still applauding. That, uh, uh, and, and, that was and better I, than Wingo. Listen, I know what you're thinking. I'm sucking up to Anger Man right now, but clearly <laughs> – that is the best take of the day. That is the best take of the day because that is the easiest thing to do if you're not a fan. And we know the Super Bowl brings in the random casual fan more than maybe any other one sporting event. But to me, that's what football, with the chess match that was going on, I found fascinating. But if you're the Joe Blow person, you don't want to watch it or you just want to watch um, – uh, Maroon 7, whatever their name is, do the halftime show. More members of the fight. band than there were halftime points, just to point that well, out. They, they, you know what? That was the dumbest tweet I saw on Twitter. Maroon 5, New England 3, the Rams 0. Come on, people. That was not clever. It was a joke. It was dumb. Dumb. I, uh... I didn't find it funny. Jay, Jay, I'm sure you saw the tweet, too. I, I didn't think it was particularly funny, either. I did have to think no, for a second about it. I was like, oh, wait, my brain might have been moving more slowly because of the snail's pace that that game was moving at. But now, you know what? It only, what, New England got to the red zone once? One red one, zone play was one run red zone play. the entire game. And they scored a touchdown. They did. Yeah. They did their job. I thought that that game, Angry Man, very well could have been way more out of hand in the first half, even, where New England was moving the ball easily, succinctly into Los Angeles territory over and over and over, but it lends to the point, bend but don't break defense. Certainly, I thought L.A. did everything they could to at least stay in the game. Now, I wonder, you enjoy a defensive football game. Does that also mean that you are a fan of the pitcher's duel in baseball? Oh, I love it. I love one nothing, 2-1, 3-2, about five total hits, 18-19 strikeout. I, I absolutely love it. We were talking about playoff systems last segment. Do you believe that Major League Baseball has a correct playoff system? Do you think that there's other leagues that have better playoff systems? Also, 
Is it insane that Major League Baseball plays 162 games, and do they need to cut it down? I, I think 162 is too long. It's a bit much. It is too too much. The, the playoff format, what, the 5-7-7? Seven, seven, uh, I don't – the wild card and all that, the play-in game if you have it. I, I like it. You know, it keeps your interest. Like a lot of teams are more in, into the playoff race later into the season. I do – I love the NFL playoffs. The NBA, I don't know why they – what I think the NBA needs to do is just – Rank the top sixteen teams oh, okay. of divisions because the West is top heavy and the East is a, just a mess. Um, put the best teams in the playoffs, and I think in the last few years it's it, it's been a race with LeBron and, and Golden State, and it's it, you're not going to have that this year because they're both in the West. But take your top sixteen teams and make a playoff format out of that. Of course, the best playoff format is the NCAA tournament. Take your top sixty-eight teams. You got the bracket. Let it go. And college football doesn't figure that one out except for the FCS level, and that's what makes it great. One of my secondary replies to the tweets yesterday was going to be, angry man is angry at everything except for a newly smoked brisket and his brand-new smoker. Is that fair? That's a good uh, – you know, when I turn out some great creations in my smoker, it makes me happy. And I made some chicken wings on Sunday. Oh, Sunday. in the smoker. In Let's the go. Smoker, and I loved them. And then people I had over said it was too spicy. Wow. Too spicy was the rub I put on it. Come on, I, I'm a fan of a little bit spice. I didn't think it was over the top. So if I didn't think it was over the top, you have something wrong with your palate. Well, can't you dip it in ranch or blue cheese or something to cool it off? Like drink some more water, get some exactly. milk, something. It's your problem. It's not the wings' problem. And I'm like, if you don't like it, then you figure out the smoker and you go out there for a couple hours and do it. Sandos, what were your Super Bowl snacks? Uh, I had uh, let's see, I had baby back ribs. Baked beans, potato salad. I didn't really have snacks. We had some real food. Um, pizza rolls? Did you have pizza uh, rolls? No, I didn't. You didn't have pizza rolls on Super Bowl Sunday? That's poor. That's what poor. Are you, what's wrong with you? Are you not but, a man? Well, in fairness, I uh, I pulled into the driveway two minutes before the opening kickoff. So Wait, what? And pizza rolls what? only make eight yeah. minutes to make. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. Put them in Throw a cookie the for about eight I minutes. Was, uh, listen, nice and crispy. In, in the two minutes that I got out of the car... And walk downstairs to get in my recliner, my normal spot for the game. I just sent a text up that said, "Bring me my game shirt, my drink, and my food," and that was brought to me. Wow! I don't get up. I get in the spot, I sit. Half time I use the bathroom one time. I go back, I sit down, I sit in my exact spot, hold the same football. I wore the same shirt. It didn't wash it all year. Wow. You're do, you make, do you make your kids sit in the same spot, too? Uh, I, I have, I, in the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl two years ago, my daughter was watching the iPad and her TP that's in the back of the room. And uh, once halftime started, she went in the TP. The iPad died on the last drive of regulation. She tried to get out of the TP, and I made the four-year-old go sit in the TP and wait till the game was tied, and then in overtime she could get out. Oh, I love it. That is brilliant. I will also say this. I was late um, getting back because I stayed an extra day in Chattanooga to take my kids to the aquarium, and my wife had mentioned that we weren't going to wear the Patriot gear to the uh, aquarium because two years ago we didn't put on the Patriot gear until it was game time. And the, la- the last year when they lost to the Eagles, we wore all of our Patriot gear to church and wore it all day and lost. And so she had remembered that. 
And that's how I know I've trained her properly into knowing that everything matters in winning championships. I tell you what made me angry about the Super Bowl. It's not the Patriots dynasty. It's not Tom Brady. It's not the fact that Julian Edelman was suspended for four games because of PEDs and comes what back. No, I know what it was. It was we had to watch Jared Goff behind center for the Rams. It was actually not even anything to do with the that? game. Well, for you, it was Jared Goff. Yeah. He's going to be a heck of a garbage. quarterback. He is garbage. You take Mitch Trubisky over Jared Goff? Yes, I will. <laughs> yes, I do. Uh, it Who was, won the game this year? Bears beat him up. It was everything that didn't have anything to do with the game. The commercials. How lazy oh, our advertisers be. There wasn't one good commercial aside no. from the NFL 100 ad, quote-unquote. I thought that was more of a feature than an ad. Yeah, but the, I, the, I, the, I, the, I, the, the Verizon one, too, where they had uh, the guy that got in a car accident, and they brought the paramedics back, the people that saved them. That was so so that was, I think that was a uh, theme throughout, right, where they're honoring first responders. So I'm, I'm not saying that there were not good messages because, sure, there were good messages. There were heartwarming things. But the Super Bowl has always been, and this is anything any basic advertising professional will tell you, it's been about entertainment and about making people laugh and having people talking the next day. For me, yeah, you had the heartwarming ones, and it seemed like there were, it was skewed a lot more that way this year than humor. I didn't laugh once at a commercial. Uh, the halftime show. Travis Scott is absolutely talentless. Big Boy didn't reunite Outcast. And Maroon 5, when Adam Levine took his shirt off, I got kind of uncomfortable. Not because I'm that guy when it comes to dudes' bodies, whatever. But, but it was pretty pathetic, and it wasn't exactly an eye-popping show when it came to Maroon what? 5. And it was a snooze fest. Whoa, I thought so, too. Whoa, snooze, whoa. Snooze what? fest. You halftime. liked the halftime show? No, I, I, I watched the game. Who cares about the commercial? What is wrong with you people? You know oh, the commercials were good for me. Oh, the commercials were good for me. Oh, my God, Maroon 5 and Big Boy. What are you talking about? Sandos, watch the game. Sandos, Every listen man, up. watch the game. Sandos, listen up. Remember back in the day, the Bud Bowl commercials during the Super Bowl? Those were phenomenal. That's what we need back in, in Super Bowl Sunday. Bring back Bud Bowl. You know how few people I care like about what you actually just said, Jay? I, I mean, the majority of people Again, in the Trey country. Lingo, turn it off. Turn the majority off. of the people in the country watch because of commercials in the halftime show. It's not because of football, because the numbers more than double for the Super Bowl. That means the people that are watching that are joining are the casual consumer, and it's not because football is what they want to watch. It's everything else. No, it's actually because they have an excuse to go uh, party with friends and then have uh, beverages. That's really what it came down to. It so it doesn't matter. Here. So the football doesn't matter at all. Oh, yeah, I told, yes, I uh, I agree with that. But I, I, it's more about getting ready to go with your friends than worried about the commercials. Well, the commercials have long been the thing that's been talked about the next day, much more than the game outside of sports circles and the halftime show. Nipplegate. <laughs> and we had another one this year. Why is it okay? Dual nipple gate. Yeah, well, Adam Levine's what nipples? That, what makes that appropriate? I don't want to see right, that. It was, so so Adam Levine's are nipples? We, is that what we're talking yeah. about? Are we? Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Are we, uh... Yeah, we're talking about something other than sports, Sandoz. Sorry. There is culture outside of sports yeah, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Get in the boat, Sandoz, to join the conversation. Just because your team won the game doesn't mean the game was important to everyone. <sighs> I, I, mean, I know you find be. it hard to believe. It should be. It, it should it, be. Right, in a perfect way. It should be. Uh, so I was very disappointed with everything outside of the game, and the game really didn't help things for me. The game was no. The, the, ga- game, the was game was awesome. the game was fu- well, of course for you it was Jay. The game no, was. No, I, I, I don't like, like either that. one, and it was great game. Yeah, the game I was like the game stuff. was fine. It, it was came the, down to the late in the fourth quarter. It was the best the thing that happened. It was the best thing that happened that day, which is saying you know what's funny. Last year's Super Bowl, everyone was complaining about the no defense. Both quarterbacks threw for like 500 yards. It was brutal, and now it's gone the opposite way, and now it's brutal. Nobody wanted to watch his defense. 
I mean, to me, they're just going to complain about something. That is true. That so is the way we, we are. I mean, for normal non-fans, are going to complain about either who won or something else. So to or me, commercials. That, yeah, <laughs> or commercials or the halftime act or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. So they would have complained about something regardless of it because last year somehow defenses didn't matter and everyone was garbage and they shouldn't even play defense. It should have been like uh, who could throw it the furthest contest. And this year it was defense and it was garbage. So, uh, you know, there's no rhyme or reason for the casual person to go into it. I think football fans enjoyed last year about as much as they enjoyed this year. And probably some more casual fans last year just because there was a little more scoring uh, than what there was. And general casual fans probably want to see scoring over not scoring. I do get that. But to me there's no difference in the two. Last last thing for me. Go ahead. You got some. Well, what people need to remember is we've been treated to close games the last few Super Bowls. You look back throughout the history of Super Bowls, the games have not even been close. True. So people need to realize that. We have uh, about the best complainer. You're talking about complaining. Complainer on the earth and angry, man. Anything else that's making you angry today? Uh, there's a bunch, but I probably shouldn't get into it right yeah. now. I'll, I'll open myself up to a little bit of criticism here. The only snack that I had during the Super Bowl was an entire bag of beef jerky. Am I soft? Wow, you eat b- beef jerky? I oh. thought you were going to have lettuce and, like, <laughs> uh, broccoli or something. <laughs> Tofu. Yeah, yeah, cucumber. There's a lot of protein in beef jerky. There very good for, Very jerky. good for the body. I still think it's what makes me mad, what ticks me off, is the price of beef jerky. I think it's improperly priced. I think that it should come down a few dollars I a agree. bag. I but I did eat like an entire $10 bag of jerky, and I felt kind of terrible after, but I also felt good knowing that my you body should. was protein You should have felt great after eating a whole bag of jerky. Yes. And that's the next thing I want to do with my smoker is make some homemade beef jerky. Oh, you got to bring some. That's right. Bring some to the segment. That's all we got, Sando. Yeah. Uh, this is over, right? Oh, I said that's all we got, so that's usually okay. Wake up, Sandos! Right. Sleep at the wheel as usual. All right, we'll, uh, we'll let those guys uh, continue to yell. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll look at the uh, top 25 college insider mid-major poll route for this time out. Sandos and sidekick of Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecue, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. How many places do you ever go without your smartphone? My name is Wesley Fletcher with the First Bank and Trust Company. Now you can pay securely for your purchases with your smartphone too. Just add your check card to the wallet app on your phone to pay for all your purchases. So keep on moving, keep on traveling, and keep on shopping with the First Bank and Trust Company and Apple Pay and O, providing mobile solutions when you need them most. Your bank for life. Firstbank.com, member FDIC. Look, if you're like me, you got a lot to remember. 
Like, remember to pick up some refreshingly cold lemon-lime Mountain Dew ice. Sounds good, doesn't it? Well, here's my trick. If it's a nice day, I think nice rhymes with ice. And that reminds me, I better get some Mountain Dew ice. Or if someone asks me for the time, I think time rhymes with lime, like in lemon-lime. If I work at it, anything can remind me to get to the store and get myself some Mountain Dew ice. Mountain Dew ice. Remember to get some. Welcome back to Smooth 92.2. I'm Dr. Love, and I want to hear the secret to your romantic success. We've got Brian on the line. Brian Guy, what do you do? Well, I wanted to spice things up, so I surprised my wife with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Oh, and did those work, Brian? You know they did, Dr. Love. It doesn't take a relationship expert to know you can't go wrong with February instant games. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Intro of all time. Fun. Enjoyed it. All right. Now, hey, were you, were, you, were you happy? You know, uh, I fell back for a while there. I knew uh, how many uh, stanzas it was and then uh, messed it up. Anyways, top 25, one of our favorite, uh, at least one of my favorite times, because most people know a lot of the uh, mid-major folks, but for people who don't, we try to help educate you on uh, some of the uh, teams, how they're doing, where they are, where the SOCON stacks up. Number one in the College Insider mid-major top 25 Shocker. poll this week. OMG, cannot believe they're still there. Gonzaga, all 31 first-place votes out of the West Coast Conference now 21-2. and two. Of course, that big showdown with San Francisco coming on Thursday. Number two for the second consecutive week is Wofford. Nine-point win over Mercer and then that 38-point drubbing over Citadel. The ninth time by scoring 99 points against the Bulldogs that they have been at 90 or more. Number three, so now you've got two from the SoCon in the top three. UNCG, 13 of their last 14 have been wins. Had Saturday off, but smacked around VMI by 27 on Thursday. Sanford at home and Chattanooga on the road this week. Then Buffalo, number four, nearly out of the coaches' poll. Down five spots in the AP poll, but down just one spot in the mid-major poll after a four-point loss to Bowling Green, who at the bottom of the poll are now into College Insider's mid-major top 25 that we'll talk about in just a moment when we get to numbers 23, 24, and 25 that are all new this week. And number five, rounding out the top five, is Belmont. They're up one spot out of the Ohio Valley Conference, the highest-ranked OVC team in the poll. Do me a favor. Go to the top eight, and then I'll go. I'll give you my point I'm going to make. Okay, so you've got the top five with Gonzaga, Wofford, UNCG, Buffalo, Belmont. Hofstra is number six. In front of a whopping 1,200 at Northeastern, a 14-point loss for their fourth defeat of the year. Went 5 of 22 from outside. Lipscomb, number 7. They're up one spot in the Atlantic Sun. And then number 8, of course, your Buccaneers of ETSU from number 9 to number 8 this week. I don't want to rain on Lipscomb's parade, but I'm about to. All right. Okay. Sure. A couple years ago, you know, not even that long ago, six, seven years ago, there were two teams in the top eight that would have been in the same league with Lipscomb. And Lipscomb would not be where they are today if they were uh, in that same league. And I can prove some of that with some facts. The fact that Belmont has beaten Lipscomb twice this year. And ETSU, if you look at the history versus Lipscomb, 
always beat Lipscomb, no matter how good they were, just like Belmont pretty much beat ETSU every single time they played, and I know that. But I'm just telling you, Lipscomb uh, in the A-Suns should run rump shot. They have so far, uh, even beating Liberty pretty good and handily. But I don't think Lipscomb would be there if Belmont and ETSU were still in the league. And that's just my statement on Lipscomb. That being said, love to see three Southern Conference teams in the top eight. They're getting some love. I think it was USA Today had SoCon as a uh, two-bid league uh, in an article that they wrote. So uh, still getting a lot of opportunity. Now, I would love not just the SoCon to get two teams in. I think the SoCon must win both of the first-round games, yet maybe one in the Sweet 16. Now, I would love to live in a pipe dream where there's two Sweet 16 teams because if you did anything like that, then the league would solidify itself for the next couple years of getting the benefit of the doubt because that's what happens. You're really pushing the pace right now, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, listen. I I love where your head's at. I'm not bold predicting that. I've already predicted that one SoCon team would win a tournament game. Uh, but I'm just saying, if you want to take that next step as a league, you're going to have to have, if you get that opportunity to get two teams in, you can't have both teams even lose on a three-quarter court heave, both at the buzzer, because in the long run, people will forget how you lost, and it'll be, they lost, we put two in, we're not making that quote-unquote mistake again. So I think it's important that both teams, whoever they are, get in the tournament, and unfortunately, if it's not the Bucks, I will have to pull for other teams for the first time in my life to win tournament games because I think it's that important for the league uh, to get that and to get that notoriety. But uh, no, uh, the, the top eight, and I would love to, again, see some more challenges in the mid-majors because three Southern Conference teams, what, I mean, there's several, uh, or at least in the top nine, there's two Ohio Valley teams, and they're all pretty close proximity one another we could all play. This seems like, and not that I'm as familiar with the Southern Conference as you are by far, and so I'm curious if you think the same, that this is the year, right, for the SoCon to make noise on the national stage. Has there been other years where you're like, the, okay, the I think one they year. have as good of a chance? The le- And it was a year ETSU was not in the league. Okay. Uh, Davidson had won, I think, 30 games or sure. 31 games, some absurd amount, mm-hmm. and did not get in. Murray State, I think, was the last 30-win team to not get in. And if I'm not mistaken, Middle Tennessee was 28-4. and four a few years ago and did not get in. Um, and those are three different leagues um, to say. But Davidson, I think, was the last time that I thought for sure somebody had an opportunity. Is that was Steph? Uh, it was. Uh, now, I will say this. The other times I thought they could have been a two-bid league, the NCAA got bailed out because those teams actually won mm. and went on. And one of them would have been the ETSU 03-04 team, which was 27-4. and four. And it won uh, six, uh, the 16 wins, which Steve Forbes and him tied last year. They'd won 16 in a row. They had one conference loss on a buzzer beater that ETSU shot, and it rolled around and popped out. That mm-hmm. was their only conference loss. I think they were 17-1 and one out of 18 league games. And, of course, uh, dominated, won the championship game by 20-some points. And just uh, it was kind of a ho-hum uh, conference tournament. But – uh, being the situation you're asking about somebody losing Davidson would have been the last Southern Conference team that had a legitimate shot to uh, stake its claim at that large. Going to the rest of the poll, number nine, speaking of Murray State, I've been calling him Jay Moran, it's Ja Morant, like Ja Rule. And by the way, I just watched that Fire Festival documentary last night yeah. with Ja Rule in it. Oh boy, it's something else. You should watch it. Murray State, Ja Morant, number nine this week. After being number seven last week, that's because they got smacked by Jacksonville State by 20. That OVC, I, what is it, four teams that get in? It's going to be fun because right now there's a four-way tie for first in the OVC. 
and Jacksonville State moved into that time. Well, well, they do a very interesting, the top two seeds get like two rounds worth of buys. They're automatically in the semis. Gotcha. The third and fourth seeds sit in the quarterfinals. Okay. And so, you, so it's you, heavily you get, favored. Oh, for those. yeah, you get two buys. Like in Southern Conference, your reward is, if you're the first seed, is you just wait a day and play a team that's already played the day before. Right. So I don't know what that event. I would rather the Southern Conference go to that model of rewarding your top two teams, especially if you're trying to make sure your best teams get in the tournament. So not only do you have that in favor of the top four, right now with a four-way tie, they seem to be the clear-cut four in the OVC. You see Irvine at 19-5. and five. There's a lot of teams hanging right around 19 wins. The only two in the mid-major poll that have 20 are UNCG and Gonzaga. So the uh, UC Irvine, number 10. South Dakota State and Mike Dom, they are number 11, the only ranked team in the summit in this poll. Only Omaha and Fort Wayne can catch them right now in that league. Uh, after their one game this week versus North Dakota in-state rival, or pardon me, uh, bordering state rival. Then it's Omaha on the road on Valentine's Day. Number 12, San Francisco. I'm wondering if you think that the back-to-back losses of San Diego and St. Mary's take any of the luster out of Thursday's matchup. Slightly. It slightly does, but San Francisco, I've watched them play once, and they're pretty talented, and if they're going to make a stake, they're going to have to win Thursday. San Diego and Mary's are both receiving votes in the mid-major poll, but certainly St. Mary's not what they have been in recent years. Number 13, New Mexico State. Number 14, Vermont. Number 15, Toledo, all with 17 or 18 wins, and they've just shuffled a couple of spots each this week. Then Liberty, they were denied joining the 20-win club against, speaking of Lipscomb, last Tuesday, 79-59 final. Biggest fallers this week, though Lipscomb, as we've talked about, number 7 in the poll and undefeated in the A-Sun at 9-0. Then the biggest climbers are right behind Liberty. Georgia State and Montana State beat Southern by 9 off 29 from DeMarcus Simons, who's someone you talked about a lot about during that game, possible NBA prospect. Montana moved into solo first in the Big Sky two weekends ago against second place Weber State, held that spot with a 7-point win over Montana State this past weekend. So, again, Liberty, Georgia State, Montana, some shuffling there. Then Stony Brook at number 19, down two spots out of the America East. Texas State rounds out the top 20 at 17-5. and five. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, kind of biggest uh, mover there, Georgia State, kind of hit a lull, uh, and they had lost a couple games and looked out of sync, and now they've started to pick it up. They're leading the, the Sun Belt, and so if you're, again, you're a Buck fan and you believe in all these extra computer rankings, you need Georgia State to continue to, to play well, and then you're getting ready to go over it. Uh, uh, but uh, the Ivy League uh, starting to get some noise. And boy, they've got four good teams in that league as well. They don't play as many games. The other weird thing, you're talking about weird scheduling, I think they still play Friday, Saturday. Mm. So you got to turn around, wow. you know, because academics, you got to play Friday, and they, they have a Friday, a 5 o'clock game that they have on the ESPN. And then you turn around, and some of those schools aren't necessarily right next to one another. So you got to travel a long way to, to maybe get that Saturday game in. Good transition. The Ivy League has two in the bottom five this week, and it's a really interesting bottom five. You've got Yale, Charleston, Bowling Green, then the four SoCon team in Furman, and then Princeton. Yale at number 21 got pounded by Harvard this past week. They're now tied for second in the Ivy League with Harvard behind Princeton, who are the number 25 team. First time all year the Ivy League's had two teams. And then Furman, I don't think it's any surprise to see them back in the polls. Some recent success, and certainly this being a four-team league, it seems like, in the Southern Conference fits that they're there. Well, and again, they they still get three teams in the top, uh, what is that, top eight, ETSU, UNCG, and Wofford, all at home, starting with the Bucks Saturday. Everyone's talking about Wofford, and they're right, really should for Thursday's Careful about game. that 48-hour later game. That's exactly That's right. a huge turnaround. And I'm sure Furman's had that thing scheduled for a while. Absolutely. So.
All right, let's look at our top 25. Great Tuesday show tomorrow, Wednesday, in Lando's Land. And we'll have some sort of weird topics. Uh, topics with Trey. Maybe we should just call it that. That makes a lot more sense than what we've been doing. So stock up, stock down. I don't know what we'll do with Trey. We'll figure it out there. A lot to talk about there. Don't forget, Thursday we'll preview ETSU and Wofford. Friday we'll recap that and get you squared away for Saturday's contest. ETSU women versus Chattanooga. Big one. And the men's team versus the Furman Paladins. So we'll be back tomorrow with another exciting show of Sandoz and the sidekick. And uh, we also uh, maybe a little mystery guest. Uh, perhaps. We'll see what happens. Perhaps. If you didn't go. Sandoz and sidekick. Buccaneer. Perfect. See ya.